Hi, I'm Rebecca Pete, And I'm Rebecca Cochran. And, and welcome, welcome to, to Woven, Woven, where we strive to be Christians living in the world with intention. And our prayer is that, to paraphrase Mary Zimmer, the Christ who knew Mary and Martha would show us the way of balance. Thanks, Thanks for listening. Hello, welcome to episode 28. We're wrapping up our contentment series today. So if you tuned in for the last ones, we talked about contentment um, in general. We talked about contentment with our aging, changing bodies themselves. And then contentment in our relationships. Yeah. So today we're talking about contentment in finances. Yay! So <laughs> everybody's favorite topic. Okay. <laughs> um, and let me just tell you what this is not. This is not um, how to. Yeah. This is not Dave Ramsey. There yes. are a lot of great resources for that. We yes. can link to. Yes. Um, what this is is more of a. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? More of a kind of soul level. Yeah, thinking of what finances are, what they represent, that yeah. sort of thing. Um, so with that being said, let's get into it. Yeah, well, I think the first thing I thought is I kind of thought back to our stewardship series. Mm-hmm. And we that first episode that we did about the definition of stewardship. And um, I, I think I just want to make like this disclaimer at the beginning that like God cares about this. Yeah. Like God cares about our finances. God cares about... Um, our needs being met. God cares about us getting, I mean, he gives gifts mm-hmm. and, he, and he does that in ways that are financial. And, um, you know, he, he gives, he gives us financially financial gifts to be used for his kingdom like that. He uses us in that way. And we talked about all the scriptures, the amount of scriptures there were the 200 and something scriptures, scriptures there were about money mm-hmm. in the Bible and how it was more than a lot of other topics in the Bible. So I think that I just want to like, from the outset say like, I feel like this is a really big deal to God um, yeah. and how we, and like you said, we're not going to talk about how to like financially plan and long-term plan and, you know, save. And, you know, that's all topics for another time. But like, this is more of like just knowing that God cares and God, God knows. And he also cares about how we, how we approach finances and it's important to him. Yeah. And as we talked about like the aging stuff, you know, maturing, in our physical body causes the outside to waste away, but the inside to be renewed. And we hope that when it comes to our finances, as we mature, our finances are growing. That is not always the case. Yes. But, um, I think a couple things I've been thinking about with this one, what is the scripture where Paul says he has learned to be content with a lot and a little? Oh, that's the Philippians passage. And we referenced it last time when we talked, or not last time, but our, when we did the introduction on contentment. But it's um, in Philippians 4, um, verse 11. He says, not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. Mm-hmm. So I thought um, you brought this up, but I was telling Rebecca this week, I've noticed a weird tendency in myself. And I promise this is related. I'm not just like talking about myself, but. Um, <laughs> well, we do have a podcast where we talk. So I know, talk but, but <laughs> I think um, the thing that I've noticed in myself is that I'm very uncomfortable with blessings. Like Mm -hmm. I very much expect things to be difficult. I expect things to be hard and uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and painful. And when they're not, I'm immediately suspicious Mm -hmm. and I react to that in all sorts of different ways um, as we all do. But I, I suspect I'm not alone in this. And I suspect that like, you know, and it's not just the finances. It's like, I think I noticed that when my resources are abundant when I am faced with abundance I tend to start 
worrying a yeah. lot. I'm mm-hmm. very much more comfortable with a small amount of whatever it is. And yeah. the, the idea of having a lot scares me. And I've talked yeah. about this, you know, I have a pretty good marriage. I'm very blessed in that way. That scares me. I pick fights. I cause disagreements. Yeah. I Self-sabotage. Yeah, mm-hmm. I totally do. Yeah. And, um, you know, even just, just dumb things. Like right now we have a ton of food in our fridge and it's stressing me out. I overbought groceries and I'm just panicking. Like, okay, I have to like figure out what to do with all this right this second. And I noticed a parallel between that and finances. And I was talking to you about it earlier this week and you were saying how it's interesting that we're called to be content in abundance too. Yeah. And so I kind of wanted to talk about that for a minute because I suspect a lot of our listeners, I mean, the truth is if you're listening to this, you probably have more abundance than the rest of the world. Yeah. Probably, I would say. And so how do we be content in that knowing that, like, people all over the world are struggling and, yeah. like, don't have access to these basic things like mm-hmm. clean water or, I mean, just, just I could name, you know, a million things that they don't have access to that we do. And, like, and with finances, you know, like, we have so much and I'm complaining that I can't go to this, like, to go buy my kids expensive clothes when, in reality... They have clothes. They have clothes yeah, that are yeah. clean and cute and they are fine. And so yeah. it's like, it's that thing, I guess, that I want to talk about too, because I think we can get very uncomfortable when we are blessed in this way. Yeah. Well, and I, I think it, it, just like everything else, when we talk about balance, right, that's kind of the core theme of our podcast. But, you know, um, as Christians, I think we tend to, this is going back to what you originally said about um feeling more comfortable when you're, you know, in pain and in need than you are when you're in abundance. And I think that like in Christianity, we can go one or two ways. We have this idea that like God calls us to like sacrifice, which he does. Mm -hmm. And he calls us to like be martyrs. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we go too far in that thinking, well, if we get anything good, or if we have more money than other people, or if we have whatever it is, X, Y, Z, then we obviously aren't good Christians yeah. <laughs> because a good Christian um, is poor uh-huh. um, versus the other side of it. You know, you've got you've got the, the theology that says that, you know, name it and claim it. Like mm-hmm. if you pray for it, you'll get it. And if you don't have a lot, then you're not praying enough. And so those right. are both obviously false theologies. And um, I think, you know, God does sometimes call us to and we're all called to different places and there are times that he calls us and, and has us stepping into more abundance than other times. But like one side or another doesn't make you a better Christian. And, and I think we have to be real careful about those tendencies of thinking, well, I, if I, if I, if I feel like I have too many good things, then, then I must need to give a bunch of stuff away, which he might be calling you to. Right. And I, and he does, I mean, to more who is given more is required. Yeah. So there is this sense that, you know, God gives us, those of us he gives more to, he calls to help others. I mean, mm-hmm. that's plain in the Gospels. And so, and throughout Scripture, actually, um, about about giving to the poor and all of those things. So, I but I just want us to be real careful about thinking that one side, whether it's having less or abundance, is better than the other. Right. Yeah, because yeah. then it's like the whole thing of, like, money's hard to deal with. How, it is. Being wealthy is hard. Like, Harder for a rich man to get into heaven, that whole thing. Well, yeah, it's it's easier for it's easier for a camel to get through an eye of the needle than a rich man to get into heaven. And it's not saying if you're rich, you can't go to heaven. What that scripture passes, what Jesus is trying to say there is that it's it's it can be harder sometimes when you have more to see that you're still in need. Yes, 
And, and I think that that's important when we talk about this abundance contentedness is like both sides of that spectrum are hard to like what you, you self-sabotaging is not Jesus is best for you, but also having so much abundance that we don't think we need Jesus anymore. That's also not. And that we're not thinking about others. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it was funny. I was having this conversation with my mentor because, so we were, we're considering making some updates to our house. Our house was built in the sixties. We have an avocado green bathroom. No, it's more mint, I guess. I like but your mint bathroom. I kind of do too, but it's just not, it doesn't work. Like, like it's you, you need to be updated. Four yeah. people yeah. use one bathroom, which is, you know, we're lucky we have a bathroom, but it's like this whole thing. Yeah. Right? But you're going to have teenage girls at some point. Right. Yeah. And, so we're thinking through this, and I was talking to her about it and she made such a good point. She said, Rebecca, why do you think it's an either or? Yeah. And she's like, what do you think your gift is? And I said, I think one of my gifts is hospitality. And she's like, do you think it's possible that God is calling you Mm. to use that gift of hospitality? Not by having, um, like, you know, not by living outside your means and getting a house that's bigger than you can afford and all that. But like, maybe, maybe you could be more hospitable in a more comfortable home. And so I just had literally never thought of it that way. That's a really, really good point. Yeah. And, um, and I thought it was, I'm so glad she said that because now it's given me some freedom to, cause I just, yeah, I think I totally veer on that side of like, just, you know, I grew up very, like I had to like lobby for like certain like clothes for school and like everything was like kind of not like a huge struggle, but my parents were just sort of, they're very much like they drive 30 year old cars. They like, you know, that whole thing. And then my husband grew up like literally if he saw anything he wanted, he had it. Yeah. So it's been really interesting Yeah, in our marriage to find a middle ground there. And we've learned a lot from one another, but I think the cool thing for me has been going from that either or mentality to more of a both end and saying like, well, maybe something that blesses me will also bless someone else. Yeah. You know, and like, what's my reasoning? So I think for me, the financial questions kind of come back to reason and motive. Yeah. That was a long way of saying that, but yeah. Like, like everything we talk about, right. It it all comes back to like our heart motives in these things. Um, and so like, what is, why are we doing what we're doing? Are we, are we purchasing something? Let me think of a good example. Like, are we purchasing something because it would be good for the environment. We're supporting a local business, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a little bit more money. Are we purchasing it because we're trying to keep up with the Joneses? Right. Right. And so, um, and it doesn't have to be an either or. Like it's, a lot of times it's both. Right? A lot of times yeah. it's both and both. And, and in some ways it's okay. Like, you know, Jesus never said that, you know, we can't have nice clothes and nice things. I mean, he talks, you know, he's very explicit in that the love of money is what is the root of all evil, not actual money. Um, and so when you like a lot of the downfall of really powerful people that we see um, who have lots of money, the problem is, is it was about the love of money. Right. And it was the pursuing of money to fill their needs mm-hmm. versus letting Jesus fill their needs or other mm-hmm. things to fill their needs. Um, and so I think, I think we have to be careful not to say that you getting a new bathroom is a bad thing. Like you should right. be just happy with you have, because at least you have running water. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, but on the, I think what, what your mentor said um, was spot on with like, what, is, what is your gifting? Um, you know, maybe you're, maybe you're really good at giving gifts. Maybe you're, I mean, one of the spiritual gifts is giving. Like mm-hmm. some people are just like really good at giving away. And I don't mean buying gifts, but like giving of themselves and their time mm-hmm. and their energy and their money. Like that, that's how God uses them. Right. And to stifle that with this thought that 
I can't, I, I need to keep it all because what if something happens? And, mm-hmm. and I, I, you know, it's this whole thing of, I have all this good stuff. What if it all goes away? And then what we start doing is we like get miserly because we're worried yeah. mm-hmm. and, and then you're not using the God, the gifts God has given you. So instead of looking at, okay, I have all this time and money, I must be doing something wrong or I need to like, start like be like, hold it back and put it in savings or whatever. Instead of saying, how can God use my giftings in line with these things he's given me? So mm-hmm. he's given me gifts to give to other people, um, both in the way we're used and in like financial gifts. Too. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's like kind of a good thing to remember for me anyway, that like, so we know God loves us, right? Yeah. But I think depending on the home you grew up in and the way money was modeled to you, yeah, you can, you, I sometimes think like God doesn't want me to have like, you know, like he's very mm. like kind of like I grew up like, oh, yeah. well you better, you know, if you want to bo- go treat yourself, you better really prove that you need that thing. Yeah. And that's not true. And I just think it's good to remember that he, he delights in us having gifts, Yeah, you know? Yeah. He really does. And I think about my kids and how I love just Christmas is going to come up. We're doing these gift giving yeah. episodes and it's just so fun to see someone receive a gift. So there's also the side of it where like, if you're going through it, feeling guilty yeah. for everything you buy and feeling like unsure yeah. Then that's, I think it goes back to buying. like why you're buying things. Like, are you right. buying, are you buying your kid a gift because you know, everybody else is getting that gift and you want them to feel like they have all the best things all the time. And mm-hmm. you just want to like shut them up pretty much. Mm-hmm. Or are you doing, because like, you know that Matt, and this is just, I'm making up an example. Maddie is so into cats. <laughs> Whatever it is. I hope not. I but like, so like you see this like awesome cat toy. I don't know right. why this is my example. And you think, you know what? When she opens that, her head's going to explode yeah, yeah, and yeah. be so excited. Like there, there's, I mean, what does Jesus say? He says that um, who, who as a parent, who as a father, he uses the father example. Yeah. Who as a father gives a snake to their child when they ask for bread or stone or whatever he uses as the example. Well, a good father doesn't do that. He, right. he uses that as an example for our heavenly father. Like yeah. he gives us good gifts because he wants to see us delighted. He delights in us being delighted. And sometimes it doesn't look like being a millionaire. And sometimes it doesn't look like having a house in the Bahamas, but like he does give us good gifts and all of our gifts look different. Yeah. And like the problem comes in for me, um, and, and it's not as much of a struggle for me, but like, I know people that this is a struggle for them. Like we want other people's gifts. Mm-hmm. We're not content with the gifts God has given us. So give, God may have gifted us with like this amazing house, but so-and-so over there has a mountain house. <laughs> like, and then, yeah. and so instead of being grateful for what we have and the gifts he's given us, we crave other people's gifts. Yeah. And all we're doing is a disservice to that other person, mm-hmm. you know, like it, and we're, you know, looking the gift horse in the mouth, if you want to use uh, uh, um old saying, but like, you know, G- Jesus has his reasons for giving the gifts that he gives to us. Mm-hmm. And our gifts look different than your gifts and mm-hmm. look at, look different than somebody else's gifts down the street. And it's hard. It's hard in the world that we live in. Like, 
when, you know, even 10, 15, 20 years ago, we didn't know that so-and-so on the other side of town went on this vacation. And, you know, people sent postcards Mm -hmm. and you only sent postcards to a few family members. But now the internet is like a postcard for everybody. So, you know, and and we all do it. We're excited when we go on trips and we take a picture of our kids, you know, at whatever place that we're at. And there's nothing wrong with that. But like, because it's, we're always being bombarded with other people's things that I don't think was, you you know, keeping up with the Joneses, that idea is like the, the Jones across the street, right? But yeah. now it's like they cross the street is everywhere. Right. So, totally. yeah. So it's it's hard to be content when, when we're constantly being bombarded with what we're told that we need or we see what other people have and then forget what we have. Yeah. And it reminds me of what Sandy Cooper was saying on our balance episode where she was talking about, we had asked her, um, how can you be on social media in a way that doesn't just bring you down and make you jealous yeah. or envious or whatever. And she was yeah. saying she just always has to check in before she even logs on Yeah, and check her heart, be grateful, be in like a posture of gratitude towards God for her own gifts. Yeah. Because I mean, and this is the same as like anything else, any, we could switch out finances and say resources and it's the same thing, yeah. you know, I mean, whatever your resource is that someone else may have more than you. Yeah, it's just, and I feel like, especially, I don't live in another country, so I can't compare it, but it's just my perception that America, it's like particularly, you know, wealth conscious and image driven and a lot of of the Western world, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it comes out in our finances. It definitely comes out in our finances. Um, I, I think that, and this is just, you know, getting real practical. If you have never spent any time, you don't have to go to Africa because not everybody can do that or go to Mexico or wherever it is that we can think of where there are poor people like, but you can go. I, I think, I think that the best, there's a couple of things that I think curbs our discontentedness when it comes to finances. One of them being grateful, like listing the things that we're grateful for what we have. And another thing I think is like, put, like put yourself in places of service mm-hmm. because I think it's really, really hard when we're serving others to be discontent with our own life. Mm -hmm. So whether that, you know, looks like, you know, serving in a soup kitchen or working in a homeless shelter or like, you know, not all of us have the ability to do that with our our time restraints, but there, there are things that we can do, you know, serving at your kid's school and they're at a public school and there, there are families at that public school that have a lot less than what you do. Like, however you serve um, a different population, I think will curb discontentedness. It is very hard. I I find it almost impossible to be be discontent and serving others at the same time. Yeah. So I think the discontentedness comes in with this kind of finances and resources when we're like navel gazing and when we're Mm -hmm. only looking at, what we don't have instead of like helping other people who have a lot less than we do. Yeah. No, that's good. And that, and to me, um, that, that, go, that rings true with children too. My, my kids are a little bit older than yours. So your, your kids aren't quite there yet, but like the minute they start getting all like, I wish I had this or so-and-so has this. I wish I had that. And my kids are actually aren't really bad about that, but there are times, I mean, all kids are entitled and they, they get, you know, twinges of, I wish I had that, or I wish I had that, or they watch too much YouTube kids and they see other kids with toys and they want those toys or whatever. <laughs> I mean, all kids are susceptible to that um, is, you know, I think, you know, I make them serve one another or help me serve somebody else, even if it's just a neighbor down the street, because that is the the quickest way to snap out of that is to like give of yourself to other people. That's really good. This is a weird topic. (laughs) It's hard. I mean, I, I, you know, what, what all the statistics show that like, 
the the biggest fights in marriage and what is it usually it's sex and money right yeah so like those are the big ones and you know the big when you look at the list of the biggest stressors like up there is like death of a fa- of a close family member divorce moving and then finding it like changes in your financial situation whether it's a lot or a little and so I mean the, this is this is why I think scripture addresses it so much because from the beginning of time yeah um, you know. It, resources have been an issue for people. It's just a really, it's just a really sore point and a, and a point that I think the enemy uses. Yeah. Um, more than a lot of things. Yeah. I think I've noticed in, in our family. So we were really good with the big stuff. Yeah. Like we, um, we didn't like, I don't feel that we overbought a house or like overbought like large items, but mm-hmm. for us, where we struggle and where we get out of our budget and into trouble is like this, the $20 purchases. Mm-hmm. And, um, a lot of that can be just as simple as like, Hey, tomorrow is a superhero day at school. My kids obviously need to, we need to go to target and buy a superhero shirt. And that's 30 bucks yeah, for two, not the biggest deal, but when we do stuff like that a lot and it starts mm-hmm. to add up, like, I mean, there have been so many months we've gone through our bank statement and like, oh my God, we spent so much money on eating out yeah, or just something stupid. And a lot of times it's like, and there's all these different motives, but I mean, I think for us, it's those small, like we keep up with the Joneses in that way. And I think I've deceived myself a lot thinking like, oh, we're, we're pretty, like our house pretty normal. Like we're, we're not super flashy people, but for us, the simple part comes in when it's like, Hey, everyone's going to eat pizza. And I know we do not have it in our budget that week mm-hmm. to go spend 40 bucks on a family dinner. But I don't want to say, hey, sorry, we're not going to make it. So I just go. Yeah. So I just think it's funny because I've been really convicted about that lately, like how we can keep up with the Joneses in very subtle ways that, like, mm-hmm. we think we don't. And um, yeah. that's also – and, you know, my motive isn't point. always terrible. Sometimes it really is, like, I want to go off one of my friends. And of course, not, yeah. You know, but it's also like, okay, God, you gave me this amount of resources for this week. Yeah. Do I have it? And when I don't – I have a really hard time accepting that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. I think, you know, we talked about in the first episode um, about, you know, Paul in that same passage, he talks about learning the secret of contentment. Mm-hmm. And we talked about the secret of contentment is trust and or mm-hmm. distrust. Um, and so I think, you know, once again, so like, are we grateful? Are we serving others? And the other thing that I would say along with those two things is like, where do I lack trust in God's ability to provide? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and Jesus talks about like, he just looks at us and I don't think he's doing that when he says this, um, I'm actually going to turn to it. Um, and I think this is a passage that's used a lot, just like the Philippians passage, but I want to ha- take a different look on it. But I don't think he's looking at the people who are listening to the Sermon of, of the Mount here in uh, Matthew chapter 6. Um, I don't think he's looking at them and like chastising them. I think he's looking at them almost with tears in his eyes. And he says, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, not about your body, what you will put on. It's not life more than food and the body more than clothing. And then this is the kicker. Look at the birds of the air they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them are you not of more value than they and which of you being anxious can add a single hour to his life and why are you anxious about clothing consider the lilies of the field how they grow neither toil nor spin yet i tell you even solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of those 
But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. And I don't think he's doing this in a chastising, yelling at them. Like, why don't you appreciate everything I'm giving you? Like sometimes we do our kids, at least I do to my kids. (laughs) But like, it's more of this, like, I have God and, and, you know, the Trinity has clothed the flowers he has caused the grass to grow and given them the water they needed. He feeds the birds of the air, and they are measly creations compared to you. You are made in our image. You are, you know, the top of that chain of, of love from the Father. And if and if you don't if you don't see that we can provide even more for you than we provide for them, that just like it just grieves the heart of Jesus. I think when we. It, when we lo- when we have this discontentedness with where we are and worry and concern about like big things and little things. I mean, you know, being worried about your finances when, you know, you lose a job or something is legitimate concerns. But like we bring those concerns to Jesus, mm-hmm. knowing that like he clothes the lilies of the field and he feeds the birds. He's going to much more is he going to take care of us? And so I think he says that to them in a way that like grieves him, not in a way that he's like yelling. He's, I think he's trying to show how much God loves us and wants to provide for us. How, how are we going to show that trust that we trust him to do that? Yeah. Trust him to provide. And I think, I mean, for us, for, for David and I, um, one of the ways we've done this is just to constantly go back to how he's provided in the past. I mean, you know, we're in a really good spot financially right now, but we got married when we were 21 years old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, we got married in 2001 when everything crashed because we literally got married one month exactly before September 11th. David lost all his job offers. Like, we were newly married, just getting out of college. We had no money. Like, and we, when I look at what we lived off of, <laughs> Yeah. You know, we were like poverty level, tax wise, tax bracket wise. We literally were poverty level. And, and we, we like, I don't ever remember feeling discontent. Hmm. And, and I can look, just look back years after years after years. And David and I can look back and we can see how God has provided. Like he constantly like stepped in and provided and provided and provided. And yes, now, you know, we're at a good place financially. Um, But there have been times where we haven't, but I can, I can go back and look and see God's hand in every single minute of it. And I think that's another way that we fight the discontentedness is just to continue to look because God has provided for us in our life, whether we see it or not. So I guess my question is, I think a lot of times people, um, like, I feel like it's the line between, Accepting and trusting that God's going to provide for you, but also taking personal responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. So how do we flesh that out a little bit? Because uh, I know people who are like, God's going to provide for me. And then they have like horrible spending habits and of course. terrible stewards. And God will provide for you because he loves you. But yeah. that's obviously not his best for you. And so I think, I think you know, it goes back to like kind of our stewardship episodes. Yes, there's a lot of passages about how God wants us to trust him and trust his provision. And, you know, God is Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides, like he does, he is the provider. He's the one who, you know, gives us all of the gifts that we have. But on the other side of that, there are a lot of scripture about passages. I mean, I could like rattle off for days, the passages about saving and the, the storehouses and mm-hmm. the like, um, not, I mean, there's so many proverbs about the foolishness of like overspending and mm-hmm. like just throwing money away. And, you know, there, there's, you know, there's all these um, passages about the vices of like, um, 
lust and, and that's not just lust and sex. That's like wanting abundance of anything, you know, gluttony, all of that kind of stuff. That's not about food, just about food and sex. That's yeah, yeah. gluttonous activity in general. So I, I think there's, and there's lots of warnings about how, you know, that will fall because of that. So I, I think that once again, comes back to balance. Like, you know, God wants us to trust him with everything and wants us to know that he's going to provide for us. And we need to like constantly see that we're in need of his provision. While at the same time, he calls us to action and he calls us, I mean, I, you know, there's the proverb where he compares us to the ants and he tells us to look at the ants and how Mm -hmm. like during the spring and the summer, they're, they're out working and they work all day long, all night long. And they're out there and they're bringing um, the food back to their, you know, home to store up for winter. I mean, we see the squirrels do it. Like he uses that over and over and over in scripture. He, he has us look at how the animals um, store things up for the hard times. I mean, we saw it in, you know, Joseph's life. Like, you know, he gives the dream to Pharaoh and Joseph to interpret it so that Egypt could have a storehouse house over a few years because then the whole land got fat famine and they fed the whole land. It wasn't just Egypt. People were coming from all different countries to be fed by um, by the Egyptians because they had planned and God like he blessed that he blessed their forethought and their ability to save. So I think that we have to we just have to keep that balance in mind. Well, it, it all goes back to motive because the same person who, I mean, because, you know, so if the scripture's saying it's good to have a storehouse of whatever, it's good mm-hmm. to store up, but then it's also not good to store up for the wrong reason. Yeah. So, and you have to give some away and God calls us to give away. Um, and so it's all about your personal motive, really. And yeah. Like, just like anything else. I mean, we can't, like, we need God's, we, we need the counsel of the Holy Spirit and all yeah. of this because what you and I could do the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. With completely different motives, correct. And you could be completely right, and I could be completely wrong yeah. in what I'm doing, and no one would ever know because, yeah. yeah, you know. I mean, I've, I don't know. It's funny. I, I've even like supported good organizations with bad motive. Yeah, you know. And it's like, of course, God's going to work that out. It's yeah. fine, but yeah. it, it's just yeah, he's above our motives. Yeah, right. But it's funny because, it, it, yeah, I don't know. It just there isn't really a way around it. No matter what it is that you're like buying, or I don't know. It's this constant gut check. Like, yeah. why are we saving for retirement? I believe saving for retirement is important. Yeah. I believe God I believe God is very specifically calls us to saving. He very specifically calls us to leave a legacy and an inheritance. There's so many scripture passages about inheritance for your children. Like I and to, to like not be a burden to them. Mm-hmm. Like I, I I feel like God calls us to that. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think he wants us to like spend all of our money, but on the other side of that, like w- at some point you've saved so much that you're never going to need and you could have been giving some of that away, but, mm-hmm. or you could be like saving so that one day you're going to get to a point where you have financial freedom and then you can do all of this work that you weren't able to do. We talked about this when we were talking about retirement and the aging episode, like, why am I saving for retirement? Like, why do I have a 401k? Why do I have these things? Is it because I'm hoping one day to own a sailboat? Not that there's anything wrong with that. Or is it because one day I'll have financial freedom to do these things that I can't do right now? And why do you want a sailboat? Do you want it because Jimmy up the street has a sailboat and you want to like get into a... Or God's giving you the dream of always sailing, you know, or whatever. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a constant gut check of like, why am I doing these things? And I think with money more than a lot of things, we have to constantly, and that's why it's so important. I think in marriage and, 
um, I think one of the best things, Dave, there, there are two things whenever Dave and I do any kind of like marriage mentoring just because we've been married for eons. <laughs> I mean, for somebody who's, for people who aren't 40 yet, the fact that we're approaching 20 years, like we're yeah. 20 years, like we've been married for a long time. So the two things that I always tell people that were the best things we've ever done for our marriage Okay, there's three, but we won't talk about one. The the best the, right. well, the third one was wait to have kids, but I like oh, that's oh, not the case for oh, everybody. Yeah. Um, but two things that I would say are the best things we ever did for our marriage was first off move away from family. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm I'm legitimate about that. And I love my family if they're listening. I miss you. But like yeah. for the early first few years of our marriage, I think that was the best thing for us. And the second one was we took a class on financial stewardship from a biblical perspective. And it completely, both of us changed. And we both come from families where we were middle class. We didn't want, but we didn't have a ton. And, but our parents were both fairly good with money. And we learned about money at a young age. And I feel like we were taught well, but like it was transforming in our marriage to Mm -hmm. do that. Mm -hmm. And I think you have, have to, have to, have to, have to get in the same page with your partner. Not everybody listening is married, but one day you might be. And, I, I think that there are certain questions and things that have to be discussed, and this is one of them. There has to be openness in this um, and and partnership in this because it, the enemy likes to use finance. Like, he likes to use sex and a few other things more than anything else in a, in a marriage, I believe. Yeah. And I think I was just thinking of this as you were talking, but we were talking in our stewardship episodes about how, like, just because something – how – it's not necessarily being a good steward of what you have to buy like the cheapest, most undercut thing you can get and how sometimes like when it comes to finances too, that's true. Like it's not, I think a lot of times when people think I need to get my finances under control or at least what, what I think is like, well, how can I do it cheaper? Yeah. And I think really the call is not to do all of the things I'm doing, but cheaper. Yeah. It's just like, if you're like trying to like be healthier the answer is not to get the pudding with fake sugar in it. Yeah. It's yeah. to eat an apple. And it's like sort of the yes. same thing with finances, I think. Um, and it's funny. So we eat out a lot as a family. Um, so do we. So it just, it is what it is. Yeah. But we have to check ourselves. And so one thing I've been noticing a lot of is like, so we've done a couple things to help this. And this is not advice. These are just things I've noticed through implementing financial advice, um, the Dave Ramsey envelope thing where you have like your money for the week. So we do that whole thing and having cash has really helped because it hasn't just helped because I see what I have and don't have like physically, Mm -hmm. but it reminds me what I'm getting. There's something about, so like when we go out to eat, sometimes I like to get a drink, Mm -hmm. but then I'm like, I don't want to pay for a drink. It's like $3. When I can go home. Oh, you're talking like a soda or something. Yeah. Like a glass of wine. I do that with wine sometimes. I'm like, I can have a glass of wine right now or I can have a glass of wine at home because it's right. the same price for the whole bottle as it is for I a know. glass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you think about that and um, I feel like for us, so we used to be in that place where we saw like everything we couldn't get, I guess. Yeah. So we would be like, oh, gosh, like we're out to eat and we're like doing this thing, but man, we don't get to have this, this and this with it. And we would get grumpy and like feel bad. But then I felt like the Lord was like, you don't have to do the dishes. You don't have to prepare food. Yeah. And like, he really was showing me like all the things about, because essentially going out to eat, you're paying a service. So yes. 
Um, but I'm I paying for like, peace of mind. You're paying for yeah, <laughs> and for less stress. Yeah, and for less stress. But um, yeah. so it really just shifted my perspective a lot on that to see mm-hmm. like what I was getting. And so mm-hmm. I think that just goes back to what you were saying at the beginning of like when you're paying money for stuff, like thinking about what I am getting and not yeah. just what I'm not or like yeah. the places, like if you are That's cutting great. back in yeah. certain places, it sucks to cut back. I mean, it we're does. humans. Nobody's like, yay, I don't get to have a drink with my dinner if I really want one or like, and yeah. you can just immediately feel bad for yourself and be like, oh, everybody else has wine, but I don't win. But it's like, man, look at this beautiful dinner I got and I didn't, you don't have to do anything for it. And I could just leave the mess and walk and away. the mess and walk away. So yeah. it's like, it's helped yeah. me to change my perspective in that way to see yeah. what I am getting. That's great. My money. That's a really good point. That's good. Well, is there anything like burning inside of you that you wish we would have covered when it comes to finances and contending with some finances? So I feel like I have spilled my dirty financial laundry. <laughs> oh, no, today. you haven't. <laughs> you have not. But if you ever see the Cochran's out, we don't order drinks because it's $10. Even though I just said it's not about saving money in small, like, even though I just said that's not the point, it also helps. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I guess what would be helpful is if we kind of go over the definition of contentment that we decided yes. To ground us in this series. Yeah, I think it's a good wrap up before we get moving with our next things, which we'll just talk, we'll talk in just a second, kind of what's going on going forward. But I think just, I think reminding ourselves of the definition of contentment, whether it's contentment in your finances, whether it's contentment in your relationships, whether it's contentment at your job, whether it's mm-hmm. your content aging and aging your your way or whatever it is, whatever your the contentness is, like just remember that content. Contentment doesn't mean we just have to be happy with everything the way it is all the time and have a smile on our face all the time. Mm-hmm. What the the definition that we used at the very in the very first episode was an internal satisfaction which does not demand changes in internal external circumstances. So like we we can be internally satisfied even when the circumstances around us externally aren't what we would like them to be. We don't demand a change in those in order to be satisfied mm-hmm. like a change in those that we find our satisfaction in something else we find our yeah. satisfaction in jesus so even though these, these external circumstances that we may need to do some work on and we may yeah. need to do things about like they don't affect our contentedness right and our joy mm-hmm. with jesus even if those things are things that need to be addressed so it's not just about walking around with a smile on your face even though fake. you lost your job or even though, you know, a pipe burst in your house and mm-hmm. you're going to have to fix it or whatever it is, you know, like obviously those things need to be remedied and we need to pray for God's provision and all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. But it, but it does not change our satisfaction with Jesus. Yeah. Internally. And I think that goes back to like that C.S. Lewis quote that like, we're not human beings on a spiritual journey. We're spiritual beings beings on a human journey. Yeah. And just seeing things from that like spiritual eternal perspective as you look at your life yeah. and remembering like, you're not just here on earth for this amount of time. And that's it. Like remembering from an internal perspective always keeps me a little bit more grounded and more yeah. able to roll with the punches, so to speak. Yeah. Um, so that's really good. I hope this yeah. was helpful. Um, yeah, I mean, finances, this is a thing for all of us. We all struggle in different ways. I think it is hard on people who have a lot, and I think it's hard on people who have a little. Yeah. And I think it's hard for people like me who are kind of in the middle and see both sides and struggle between being like, oh, my God, I have too much, and oh, my God, I don't have any. And, yeah, you know, it's – so, yeah, it's hard for all of us. We want to yeah. talk about it um, before the holidays come up because holidays. Yes. They take a lot of our money. Take a lot of our money. Or we feel this pressure that we need to do certain – have certain decorations or certain experiences for our kids or certain gifts for our family or, you know, whatever it is, like 
certain type of foods and Mm-hmm. And we need to feed everybody, you know, whatever it is. Or I, <laughs> it always makes me laugh, though, when I see the catalogs. And I think I've said this before that are like, oh, you have guests coming for the holidays? Get holiday sheets. Like, why do I need holiday I sheets? Know. You know, so it's like, I think it's really good that we talk about the subject right before the holidays because there's just so much more pressure than there. And it's for a just, re- not a just reason, a legitimate reason. You know, this is when, you know, retail makes all their money. You yeah. Know, I was in retail. Like, this is when retail makes all of their money is in like this, like, a small portion of the last quarter of the year. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, obviously we get bombarded because they're doing their, their job that, yeah. that they're, they're doing. So our, our, we have to push back from mm-hmm. our end. Um, so that's why we wanted to talk about these episodes right before yeah. the holidays. Um, so we're going to, um, next week will be our gift giving episode. And, you know, I'm going to talk about biblical gift giving and you're going to discuss ideas and, and guides for giving, which you're so good at because you're so good at giving. And then we're going to do an episode with Sarah Collier, who we've had on the past, um, about boundaries at the holidays. So we're yes. preparing ourselves for the holidays. And then we're going to do an episode um, right before Thanksgiving with your wonderful chef Thanksgiving questions. Yeah. So if y'all have questions, send them our way. Um, fullywoven at gmail.com is our email address. Um, we also contact us on Instagram or Facebook. They're both, aren't they both forward slash woven in him? Sorry. Or at woven in him. At woven in him for yes. Instagram and forward slash woven in him on Facebook. But just let us know your questions. I mean, and it, there's no stupid question when it comes to food. Thanksgiving is scary for people who don't like to cook. And I totally get that. And um, I don't magically know everything. Yeah. So, but I, I have, done this before and like I feel like I've learned along the way some just tips and tricks and things you can do and if you're like can I freeze a whole pie can I make this ahead of time like just questions like that send them over we want to be helpful we want to help you feel empowered and I think like going back into the contentment stuff and then the things we're doing going forward I think the heart of all of that is that we want to be intentional um and you know especially this time of year it can really take you for a ride yeah and you can just get to the end of Christmas and be like, I feel like I just got hit by a truck. I don't know what happened. I was swiping my credit card left and right, not paying, like, you know, just, and it's not, it's not your fault. It's just yeah. things can overtake you. So we are hope in talking about contentment and really thinking through gift giving and really thinking through, like, here's some intentional ways to think about your gift giving and like intentional gifts to get and our giveaway, which you can intentionally win which, um, tune in. What day did we decide we're doing that live? October 23rd or somewhere the, the, the week of the week October 20th. So the week after this podcast, you're, you're yeah. listening to this so podcast. So the week of the 22nd, yeah. we're going to be, check us out on social media. We're going to be doing some stuff about our giveaway, but yeah. anyways, our hope is that we will just be intentional going into this holiday season, yeah. season in all of the ways and that we can help you come at it from a place of empowerment. And that like kind of leads into, we're going to do a whole series on, um, starting out discussing the church calendar, but Advents, the beginning of the church calendar, and just my prayer, as as it is every year approaching Advent, is that like we'll just bring intentionality into the holidays, yes. and um, and what does it look like to celebrate Advent so that we don't come out of Christmas missing it, you yeah. know, missing the point. So um, we're gonna we're gonna spend several weeks on that um, during our Advent season, and um, we have some other cool stuff coming up that we're gonna 
reserve um, for um, later because there are like cool things that are going to be happening in January and a, a little bit of smattering throughout the rest of the fall. But um, we're so excited that we have so many people that are listening. And I just, I don't, we don't say it enough, but we're just thankful. If you've gotten to this part of the podcast, then we know that you're a devoted listener and we're, we're thankful for our devoted listeners. Yeah, because there are a gajillion podcasts out there that yeah. are similar to ours and really great options. And it just means so much that y'all want to listen to ours and um, we really are grateful we love doing it it's a lot of fun hope you guys have a good week high fives and we want to give you lots of good stuff to tune on Instagram Bye. bye